0: Words of power that can never fail. Let their truth prevail over unbelief in our hearts. I love singing that song when we are starting a new sermon series to sing that as a church family and to make it our prayer as we lean into hearing from God in his word. Uh, We sometimes as Christians talk about a time of ministry and having a time of ministry, usually that has in view praying for one another and that's certainly appropriate. Did you know the preaching of God's word is always intended by God to be a time of ministry? That God is ministering to us and to our hearts through the preaching of his word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11 sermon title is Gentle and Lowly, the Heart of Christ. And our pastors and wives spent several months reading and enjoying fellowship over the book that Jim just mentioned, Dane Ortland's excellent book, Gentle and Lowly, the Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. And we have been so impacted by this biblical theme that we wanted to Not only get that book into your hands, we wanted to take a few weeks examining the key passages in God's word that reveal the heart of our Savior. And Ordlin says in his book that these verses in Matthew 11, he says, might be the most wonderful words ever spoken by human lips. Uh, Because this is where Jesus tells us about his heart. Matthew 11, beginning in verse 28 We'll read verses 28 through 30. This is God's holy and authoritative word. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. May God bless the preaching of his word. The longer I've been a Christian, the more clearly I've come to understand that The heart of Christ is so much different than my own heart. Uh, The heart of Christ is not like your heart either. And I can prove it to you. Here's a question. How do you respond when another Christian or a non-Christian sins against you? When someone sins against you or when someone makes a mistake that inconveniences you? I tend to take it personally. I tend to become impatient. I tend to withdraw. My affections for them may cool. Or take take that group in our culture, those who hold positions that you most strongly disagree with, uh, those who who hold the most unbiblical uh, positions, those you believe are most contributing to the decay of society. What is your heart's posture toward them? Aren't we inclined to rant against them, to be self-righteous, to be condescending? Or for those who are parents, what comes out of your heart when your kids melt down or when they are misbehaving? We are inclined to be harsh. We are inclined to be angry. We need to distance ourselves from them. The heart of Christ is not like our own hearts. And that is good news today because it means we can come to him with all of our sin with all of our mess, with all of our need, Jesus extends a gracious invitation today. The invitation is not limited to just a few, but it is, according to the text, to all. Come to me, all. This isn't like the couple that's having a wedding where they have a limited number of invitations that they need to extend. The invitation comes to all. And it is an invitation, his command, is come to me. It's the most glorious and gracious command Christ can give, and he did so on numerous occasions, saying, come to me. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, John 7. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, John 6. In John 5, verse 40, he says, you refuse to come to me, That you may have life. Jesus came calling people to come to him. And he is inviting us to come to him today. Come to me, he says, all who labor and are heavy laden. That's who the invitation is extended to. Not those who have their act together. Not to the wise and understanding. Not to the competent. Not to the morally superior. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I think after this past year, more than ever, people are laboring and heavy laden. People are restless. They are frustrated. They are troubled and wearied by the many burdens of life. Jesus wants to give rest. This is his desire, this is his heart's posture toward us even today. Dane Ortlund says, whether you are actively working hard to crowbar your life into smoothness, that that labor, or whether you are passively finding yourself weighed down by something outside your control, heavy laden. Jesus Christ's desire that you find rest, that you come in out of the storm, His desire outstrips even your own. He is eager to give rest. Jesus in his own day saw how the Pharisees burdened people with their religion. In fact, into Matthew 12, several examples of that are given. And to this day, The religions of the world are marked by people laboring under heavy loads of legalism, trying to earn God's favor through their performance. Jesus does not come to place heavy burdens upon us. He died in the place of sinners to give us free acceptance with God. And he invites us to come to him for refreshment and life and peace. Come to Christ and find the freedom, the freedom from the burden of trying to earn the favor and acceptance of God. The whole world is in search of true rest and Christ alone can give it. Come to me is... Not a command that Jesus gives because he wants something from you, because he is lacking something. Come to me is a command he gives because he has something for you. Jesus is not holding a help wanted sign. He is holding a help available sign. And John Piper says the difference between Uncle Sam and Jesus is that Uncle Sam won't enlist you in his service unless you are healthy, and Jesus won't enlist you unless you are sick. He invites not the worthy, but the weary. Come, all who are burdened, come to Christ. It may be the burden of sin, it may be the burden of anxiety, the burden of regret, the burden of sorrow, the burden of disappointment. Come to me, says our Savior. If you find your burden is too much to carry, Jesus promises to ease that burden, to help us and to refresh us today. There are at least three things that happen when we come to Christ. Let's look at each of these. First, we receive much needed rest. Jesus says, I will give you rest. Give is the language of gift. It is not earned or deserved. It is a rest and refreshment that comes by grace alone. There may be someone who is experiencing even today the grief and confusion of having a certain situation in your life not turn out the way you hoped. There is rest for you. Have you or a loved one received a difficult diagnosis. Perhaps you are losing health and strength. Perhaps you know that your days are numbered. There is rest for you today in Jesus Christ. Are you troubled and anxious about your kids? There is rest for you. Are you dreading something in the days, weeks and months ahead as you look to the future and it weighs on your soul today? Friends, there is rest for you. Isaiah 40 says he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. They who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is our God. This is what he does. Power to the faint. Strength to the weak, hope to the weary. Christ himself is the source of our rest and refreshment and those who come to him by faith receive promised refreshment here and now and they receive eternal refreshment in his presence for all eternity in the rest that is to come in heaven. Is your soul experiencing and living in the good of that kind of rest here today. When others look at you, do they see someone who has cast his or her burdens upon the Lord and is going through life resting in His grace? One of the things that I've realized is the best way that I can be a blessing to others is to tend to my own soul. My family members, my friends, my church family will benefit from my daily peace and joy in Christ. So that in coming to Christ, not only am I myself blessed, but I am best positioned to then be a blessing to others. We experience rest when we come to Christ. If your soul does not know that rest, come to him even now by faith. Cast your cares upon him and experience the rest that he desires for you this day. Second, we learn the heart of Christ. We learn the heart of Christ. Jesus says, learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. The one place, where Jesus explicitly describes his heart, which is his disposition, his character. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Leon Morris, in his commentary here, says, in heart, locates these qualities at the center of his being. It was not that he pretended to be humble and made a show of being lowly he really was lowly and that at the very center of all that he was because of what he is in his innermost being meek and lowly those who come to him find rest this is an extraordinary passage here is jesus declaring to us what he is like We know it in part, but our minds cannot grasp it in full. Jesus stands and says, This is my heart. Do you want to know me? Do you want to understand me? Do you want to know how I feel toward you? I am gentle and I am lowly. It is an astonishing claim. It is a staggering claim. And immediately we struggle with this message. We protest and resist it. Jesus, is that really accurate? Is that really balanced? Is that really true? And it's all because we are not accustomed to thinking of Christ this way at all. The Puritan Thomas Goodwin says that we are naturally inclined to think that Jesus has a severe and sour disposition towards sinners. And I love what Dane Ortland says. He gives a picture. He says, we naturally... Think of Jesus touching us the same way a little boy reaches out to touch a slug for the first time. Our face is screwed up, cautiously extending an arm, giving a yelp of disgust upon contact, instantly withdrawing. And he says that is why we need a Bible. Our natural intuition can only give us a God who is like us. But what we see is that the God of Scripture is one whose many perfections include his perfect gentleness, his perfect steadfast love. And if the world saw it, in a moment they would be instantly drawn to him. So glorious, so great is his heart of love. Gentle and lowly is not all that there is to say about the heart of Christ, but it is what Jesus emphasizes here above all else for good reason. God's goodness, his loving kindness, is that attribute that he has manifested most fully. It is the attribute he most delights to express and is quickest to express. Yes, he is certainly a God of justice. In fact, in Matthew 11, verses 21 and 24 speak of the judgment that will come upon the unrepentant who reject Christ. He is a holy judge, a God who must punish sin. But what we learn in Scripture is that God is slow to anger. Lamentations 3.33 describes the execution of God's punishment and wrath when it says that he does not afflict the children of men from his heart. And so we need to think about this and have theological clarity at this point. Thomas Goodwin says, Though God is just, yet his mercy may in some respect said to be more natural to him than all acts of justice itself that God does show. When he exercises acts of justice, there is always something in his heart against it. But when he comes to show mercy, to manifest that it is his nature and disposition, it is said that he does it with his whole heart. Jesus comes to make the Father known. And what do we see? And again, here's, I love the language Dane Ortland uses. He says, Jesus is not trigger happy. He's not harsh. He's not reactionary. He's not easily exasperated. Isn't that incredibly good news for sinners? Glorious good news. Our Savior is tender. Our Savior is full of love. He is welcoming. Jesus is far more inclined to move toward those who sin and suffer than he is to move away from them or to judge them. Study his life. Read The Gospels, and you will see so often his heart in action. The glory of his love. Who is this man? Healing the sick, providing for the needy, feeding the 5,000, weeping with those who mourn, forgiving those who sin, having compassion on the multitudes. This is our Savior, glorious in his steadfast love for those who have rebelled against him. The deepest impression of his earthly life. The impression made on those who knew him and observed him is that he is a man of extraordinary tenderness and sympathy and grace. And it is this astonishing heart for sinners and for sufferers that led him all the way to the cross that our sins might be forgiven and that all suffering might one day be no more. He humbled himself. The gentle and lowly Savior humbled himself even to the point of death because of his great love for you and me. Christian, this is how Christ feels about you. We must come to terms with this. Not harsh. Not easily exasperated. We must labor to come to see the depths of his love, the riches of his mercy, the beauty of his heart. Others may fail you, even other Christians may fail you. Christ will never fail you. The tender compassion of Christ for you is far greater than you and I can comprehend. No more hard thoughts of Jesus Christ no more inaccurate and unworthy thoughts of his character live every day with an awareness of his heart study the gentle and lowly heart of the savior that is the goal of this series it is the goal of Dane Ortland's book which I do hope that you will read because it examines the many places in scripture more than we will be able to do in these few sermons. It examines those many places throughout Scripture that the heart of Christ is revealed. We want this to define us as a church, to be a people who know the gentle and lowly heart of Christ and who live in the good of knowing his heart for us. One more point, one more thing that happens when we come to Christ and this may surprise us in the passage, it is that we are energized for service. We're energized for service. Yes, Haggai is still on my mind, even though the series is done. Jesus says here, take my yoke upon you, and he says, learn from me. A yoke is a wooden frame used to join animals together for plowing. It's a picture of our belonging to Christ, a picture of our serving him. There is in the Christian life a yoke there is a learning learn from me he says that is involved in following christ take my yoke upon you learn from me means that we are his servants and we are his students and this sheds light on the kind of rest we are talking about when we come to him he doesn't set us free from work but allows us to work to labor from a place of resting in him. The rest is experienced as we go on serving the Lord wholeheartedly. So Leon Morris in his commentary says at this point. The rest in mind is the rest that enables the worker to go back to the task with renewed vigor. It is one of the things that I have prayed for as we encounter the gentle and lowly heart of Christ. As we experience this rest that we would Go into the tasks that God has called us to with renewed vigor. Because this rest is not the cessation of activity. It is a refreshment in Christ. It is a rest for our souls. We carry on the work, but there is renewed vigor through the refreshment he has given. Make no mistake, be clear at this point, there are demands Christ places upon us. We have callings to fulfill. There is learning to press into. But, he says, gloriously, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. How is that? Because what he demands of us and calls us to is for our good. And because he has placed his spirit within us to empower us, Every step of the way. And because we know the path of obedience and service brings great rewards. Which means that as our souls rest in Christ, we can approach our responsibilities. The calling that you have in life. Your daily activities in obeying and serving the Lord. You can approach those responsibilities with a sense of privilege and joy. It means that we are no longer anxious and weighed down about what we are doing. We are not complaining about how difficult it all is. There's no self-pity. There is no self-absorption. I remember, I may have told you this before, one time we had a guest speaker and it was was, uh, Rick Amash from Minnesota, uh, fellow Sovereign Grace pastor, and he preached glorious sermon here, came back down to the chair sat beside me but as we returned into singing he just turned to me beaming after preaching and said man that was fun and was just smiling and it occurred to me in that moment I love preaching and it is one of the great privileges of my life my natural impulse uh, after serving is not man that was fun it's that was kind of pathetic and what I realized and the spirit convicted me in that moment that that was fun is The voice of a man who is fixed on the gospel, fixed on serving the people of God, the yoke is easy. The burden is light. Whereas in my case, the, oh, that's kind of pathetic, is a man whose eyes are fixed on himself, who's seeking the approval of others. Friends, the yoke that Jesus holds out for us is easy. And the burden is to be light. Those who carry an easy yoke and a light burden are heard saying things like, I can't believe I get to do this. You hear them saying things like, I just wanted you to know the lines have fallen for me in very pleasant places. You hear them saying, the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. You hear them saying, in light of the goodness of God to me, My heart is glad even when my labors are exhausting. You do not get the impression that they are living under many burdens, but that they are experiencing joy and rest in Christ. Resting in Christ not only comforts us in hardship, it is what energizes us for service. And friends, if if service and daily responsibilities feel like drudgery to you, if you've lost sight of what it means to serve the Lord with gladness, Jesus says, come to me. He says, come and learn my heart. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Church family, let's turn each one of these points into a question for self-reflection. Am I experiencing rest in Christ? Am I learning more of the heart of Christ? Am I energized to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Because our Savior is rich in mercy, there is grace, there is refreshment waiting for us in Him. He says, even now, come to me. The one who is the same yesterday and today and forever calls you to come to all who are burdened and weary to all who are discouraged and frustrated, to all who feel like they cannot go on, to all who wonder if God is cold and ungracious toward them. Jesus declares today, as our God and Savior, he says, come to me, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thanks be to God for our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to him with hearts of faith and experience the rest that he has for us. Amen.